Ladies and gentlemen, programs and users, welcome to Electronica! Hey! Boom, baby. Uh, <laughs> welcome, everybody, to today's episode of Party of Two. I'm one of your hosts, the Internet's Mark B. Donica. And I'm your other host, the Internet's Andrea Donica. Uh, we've been wanting to do this for a long time. We got our discs. Yeah. Um, one of the first pieces of merchandise that we ever ever made was for Electronica. Eckert lives. We'll talk about him in a moment. But uh, I'm I'm excited for anybody who's watching us live or watching this on Twitch. We are connecting this with an Electronica themed music stream that I've been working on for a month. Yeah. Beginning of September. Beginning for, of September. Yeah, a while. I was like, oh, let's let's do that. <laughs> but um we're starting out the evening with this and we're also like it's still bright here and it, for i know we have a lot of friends over on the west coast it's the afternoon so why do like a dance party at three it's a little too early for them yeah so <laughs> if you're listening to this after the fact you missed it this is why you should follow twitch.tv slash marpidonica so that you are aware of all of these fun things i'm going to figure out a way to have the stream available somewhere maybe i'm mostly recording it for posterity Mm -hmm. but other than like it's just going to be full of licensed music so i can't put it on any sort of public video i don't know i mean we can share it on the facebook page maybe the facebook they'd probably kick us out too so (laughs) one of the 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 reason of the season the reason that we're here today is to talk about electronica a 2010 to 2012 nighttime event at disney's california or disney california adventure it's still disney's california adventure that's so much easier to say than i you know what it it's such a small change but just talking about it whatever dca dca, DCA is it's california like adventure the people in the know that's what we refer to it as doesn't matter if you add an apostrophe s or not dca is how visitors actually refer to it for the most part and this was back before i, I want to say before anything but before yeah this is before the major refurb for the california adventure uh or the, before the big California Adventure remodel, where it was the um, the theater. Why I don't know why I'm blanking on all of the the Carthay Circle Theater in the center, all and of Cars the Land Cars and Land stuff like that. So uh, something to kind of keep in mind for background. This was kind of the second nighttime party. The first one was Glowfest, which was a lot of fun and kind of paved the way for electronica but that was launched when world of color began yeah so i was get everybody collected into one area so that uh california adventure could kind of set everything up so that people could line up in a semi-orderly fashion but have something to do in the nighttime one of my favorite things about Glowfest was it was this just it took over the majority of the park because for world of color that was in the paradise pier area so going all the following the parade route all the way back down through to hollywood was this rainbow colored almost like (laughs) millennium celebration-y from epcot like there was there were just all of these wild shapes and these dancers with esoteric costumes it was just this celebration of motion and light and music and they also the weirdest thing though it was still kind of californian was they had food trucks local food trucks from anaheim to come through and we had or i at least had the best euro i still haven't been able to i remember the truck and i remember trying to find the truck we found the truck it did what no, we, I mean, it, it was the same name for the truck. So, like, you could find it. It's just that No, I mean, we like, didn't... physically find the truck. Like, we, I knew what name the... Well, yeah, it didn't come to where we were living because Anaheim is a drive for us. Mm-hmm. But we just, we never got a chance to see it again. Yeah. Unfortunately. But we always kept an eye out. But Disney just, that's when Disney got the idea. Oh, it's not the food. It's the fact that people are ordering from a truck. That's the ticket. (laughs) 
and that's going to come back around in in a second. But Glowfest was a magnificent summer to promote a fountain show. Go ahead. No, oh, no I'm watching like, you. It's me. You're watching me. And so the uh, the 2010, that's a year, the 2010 comes around and we find out this new Tron-themed nighttime spectacular is coming. And I've been a fan of the Tron franchise for a while. I can't say that I grew up with it, but I it was a younger age when I like I knew that Tron had existed, but once they put it into Kingdom Hearts, that's when I was like, oh, what is this world? And then went back and watched the movie and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And with this new one coming up, it just had everything going for it. It looked slick. It sounded cool. You had Daft Punk doing the soundtrack. You had the, or at least some of the original cast coming back in whatever a capacity. This had all of the makings of their new, of Disney's new sort of return to form franchise. Like here, here's a, a wonderful movie that, People kind of remember, let's bring it into the mainstream and make it cool. And I think the movie was cool. And and without a doubt is pretty damn entertaining. And people give it a, like harsh on it for really stupid reasons. I mean, I've never read into the diatribe about people not liking it, but... I thoroughly enjoyed it. I really didn't. I knew of Tron growing up. Uh, People Mover actually had this uh, particular area that you could ride through on the uh, second floor of Innoventions. Um, and uh, they kind of did this simulated Tron thing uh, with uh, projections and like this one really long, dark black hallway. It, I, it's reminiscent of the King Kong uh, effect at the studio tour where you're driving through and you're surrounded by screens and there's an experience happening around the vehicle. Yeah, and I mean, it It was, I guess you could kind of say it was like projection mapping or like a very, very early version of that mm-hmm. without like the really, the finesse that we see with it today. Um, and you were riding in a very slow-moving vehicle, um, but it was to kind of make you feel like you were within the world. And they would say, you are about to enter the world of Tron, and, you know, they did a digital voice or whatever. So, like, I knew that Tron was a thing because of that, but I had never watched the movie. Um, but, like, the the look of Tron is cool, and they dove into that even further with Legacy, and I would say that that's probably <clears throat> Tron Legacy's biggest legacy is it's it's such a futuristic look, and really, no matter what anyone may say about the movie, people seem to just really like that. They say that and go, that's the future. Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorite things about it, and how when they shot the film, they tried to do stuff as practically as possible, as opposed to the original movie, which was all in a green screen, they had they used a very interesting, like film negative technique to make all of the costumes shine as if it was light, as opposed to this, where through the the leather and things they would have the light strips so that the costumes itself would give off light. Sort of the opposite of what they did with Ryan Reynolds' Green Lantern, yeah. Where it's just like I just put him in a suit, and uh, with this it was able to translate to the parks really well. So let's let's talk about Electronica. Electronica was a nighttime party in the Hollywood Studios area of Disney California Adventure, DCA, whichever you'd like to call it, that featured a preview of Tron, which featured an arcade, Flynn's Arcade, drinks, libations, dancing, uh, unique shows, dance battles, a very sort of modern type of a, a very modern type of a hangout in a family environment which i think would m- kind of mirror if not surpass videopolis yeah absolutely whereas videopolis was just ah this is just a discotheque this is a discotheque 
with a with an arcade with uh, like a brand on it, and you there was like there was a drink limit, so you, nobody could go really crazy with getting uh, hammered, and you couldn't really anyway because the drinks weren't mixed to be very heavy, and that was that's a drawback, but whatever. So all of this is laid out in the back Monster Zinc uh, ride area, Muppet Vision. Along the fountain, they covered up the fountain with like the bit, like a big IO tower sort of a thing, and it was pure party from sundown to park closing. And it would start with your host for the evening, Eckert, which is a program that ran all of Electronica, aforementioned here, uh, to be sort of like Michael Sheen's character from the movie, very similar look all white, like pompadoury type of hair, uh, didn't necessarily seem to be in any sort of included in any like uh, black market uh, dealings, illegal dealings, such as Zeus was in the film. At least not to what we saw. No, but a very, very fun loving character and very, what a, what a role to get. It, it's a really grand, cool MC character. And, you know, he would kind of, uh, check in with the crowd every once in a while and kind of get you pumped up yeah. uh, every now and again. With also an DJ. original character. Yes. So like, yes, it is sort of based off of Michael Sheen's Zeus character from Tron Legacy. It's still this, it's like, all right, you're like that guy, but you're your own thing. What an opportunity. How often do Disney Parks characters get to play like ori- original characters with personality as opposed to just like a map maker or like, you know, just sort of like a, a Greek chorus sort of a thing. Yeah. No, he, he was cool. It was a delight to be able to spot Eckert coming around. And I yeah. mean, he commanded uh, the space really well, really, really well. And since the DJ area was centralized, he would walk through the crowd. And so he would feel like the proprietor of the establishment making it like, of course, it would be like zip from, but as the the uh, the party went on, uh, month by month, year by year, he would get stopped, and he would have his own little groupies and things like that. So they would try to let's just get to the stage. I need to say my thing, and then we'll go on from there. But um, a very unique experience, something that you don't quite get. Somebody's like, "Hey, everybody, come on in, have fun." drinks y- y'all want drinks head over there we got the end of the line club one of the hmm, they had two they ended up having two bar areas right because there's the end of line club which was the wraparound in front of flynn's and then there was like oh no there was a couple then there there was a cart by laser man and then there was a cart on the trolley tracks down hollywood boulevard i only remember of end of line being the one that actually served the drinks Mm. because i remember the food truck that was kind of in the corner by the bathrooms that was where you could get the food and i mean yeah you could get like nachos uh, you could oh the nachos Nachos were were so good um but like you could get soft drinks but if you wanted to get the fun drinks, and of course, they serve them in these really cool light-up martini glasses. Martinis with glow ice cubes. Yeah, just really rad. We collected a few of those. We have we have at least four of the cubes. I think we have two of the glow-teeny glasses. Yeah, but that was also before they made they made them like special. Like they didn't have any Electronica branding on them. It was just hey, here's a here's a glow cup. Um, I think like one was blue, glowy blue. I mean, that kind of works. Kind of counts. But uh, there was only within like its its second season did they start to have actual like Electronica merchandise. And it was very limited. It was just like a t-shirt and a thing. Like very, very light. But it was mostly just, hey, let's push all of this Tron Legacy merchandise, including the the various form of disc we have a white one too yes. but we just can't find it that one's mine i tried repairing this i i cleaned out the battery duct and, and put new batteries in here but it is goofed it is absolutely goofed i'm real sad about it because it, it it's a really cool it's got a little bit of heft to it it's not like heavy but i can imagine something this light being thrown around as a weapon as well 
So it it feels real. It feels like you're holding your actual thing. And one of my favorite things, and one of my favorite things that we did once we got our discs is when we would wear our hoodies, we would have them in the hood in the spot where we can take them out and be like, no, we got our, we have our discs. We're fine. One of my favorite to that end, one of my favorite features from a world building perspective was the Hollywood pictures backlot archway that sort of welcomes you into that area with the Monsters Inc. ride and, and Muppet Vision. They had a complete, they completely encased it with a recognizer. Uh, if you're familiar with the Tron series, it's those like U-shaped machines that just fly over and would pick you up or fire at the, the light cycles. They had a little bit more of a of an interior... Well, no, they were featured in, in both films pretty well. Yeah. But that gave you sort of a scope and a scale of... And, and just a feeling of, oh, we're we're walking into this world. Yes. And uh, it would, you know, say certain things. Um, it, it was recognizing or not recognizing if you had an identity disc and, and all of these things. It, and- yeah, it was like... Um, please have your identity disc on you at all times. Report directly to games. So, stuff like yeah. that. Just super rad, super rad business. And go, going straight in from there to your left into the Muppet Vision 3D Theater, there was a 4D preview of Tron Legacy. And uh, for those of you who have seen the movie or for those of you who don't, there is a sequence where Sam Flynn, the son of Kevin Flynn from the original movie, uh, gets sent into the grid for the first time and gets identified by a rec- recognizer and taken to the game grid. And after having this experience of looking up and seeing a spotlight shine down at you and some like feeling that feeling of, oh, I'm in trouble because I've been spotted, blah, 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 blah. Getting to experience that further in that, f- like, you know, it's a movie preview. But it's still they the way that they made it to where you could feel it just a little bit more. I, I don't know why, but it, it worked so well for me. I mean, just a few extra in theater effects by using that spotlight physically above the audience heads and, you know, oh, blowing some air. air and it just it it really really ups the theatrical experience and I mean it only makes you wish that like you could have seen the entire movie like that but it was really cool and it was always something that we went back into I will say for like a lot of the movie previews that Disney houses now sure like typically we'll go in and see something like once. Well, it's also mostly to like get out of the heat or something like that. Yeah, but I mean, this was a nighttime special thing and we enjoyed it so much that it was kind of one of those unspoken things where we would always go, which I would say is kind of different. I think the only other one that we did not as much because it was over the course of two years was the Guardians of the Galaxy preview at yeah. Tomorrowland. We just because it was the opening scene of the movie and that's just very enjoyable. Um but around that corner there was uh it's the merch stand where they have all of the Muppet stuff right now, but that was just wall to wall Tron once the nighttime stuff happened. Um the shop on Hollywood Boulevard also had a whole bunch of Tron stuff on it. And in that central hub was where most of the people would gather around and, and dance. And there was a variety of different DJs that worked throughout all of the, the nighttime parties at California Adventure, starting with Glowfest to this to <sighs> Manti Party. <laughs> and, uh, oh, don't get, like, I don't want to, I'll say this about Mad Tea Party. I don't want to talk about it. That's all I'll say. <laughs> But that, we never were like right up on the console. We never went right up to where all of the music was playing. It was also hard to get there because, I mean, groupies. People like, camp. Intense. And I mean, people were naturally going to gravitate towards the DJ. And even going over, there were these little, you know, little 
mini pop-up areas for go-go dancers, essentially, uh, that were dressed in the full Tron regalia. Male and female programs that were just additional dancers. They would go for like an hour and then tag out and then somebody else would come in. It was an interesting setup, but it made it feel more dynamic. Yeah. It was while it was it was central, it wasn't like a stage over here that everybody was looking at. There you could still you could be a part of the action from anywhere in the area. And it's something that I think a DJ can uniquely do whereas opposed to like I don't know, a full band themed to Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> you are playing to a particular audience and especially in that area they had the mad tea party stage facing the the bog standard stage that they have all of the like music presentations on and where laser man performed so then you have just this small square of people and now people can't get around to this or they get can't get around to that and it's not as fun or unique or cool as the tron setup was and it's it's like most days, something makes me think about Electronica. Like, it's been eight years, and there's always something to bring me back to those two years where any time we, we, we were annual pass holders at the time, I don't know how else we would have been able to afford it. I still don't know how we were able to afford it. But yeah. if we were going to the parks, we were spending the night at Electronica. I can't tell you how many times total we gone yeah i have no idea but it was just it was something that we always wanted to do all the time it was it was fun it was exciting um there were there was just a feeling in the air it was it was retro future so there was a the music was a great combination combination wow hmm. combination of modern and classic. There's some remixes of certain songs that I still ha- go on my iPod to this day, iPod my my phone to this day. <laughs> like I are still in rotation just because they're so well created, so well crafted, and so we talked about the end of the line club, which was just it's just a place where you get your drinks, but. Just past that, in one of the sound stages, they recreated Flynn's Arcade. And it was the, the brick with the orange Flynn's Arcade. You, you walk in, you get coins. Like, they, they would hand you coins, or you could get the tokens from the token machine. We both have commemorative tokens that we received that have Flynn's Arcade on them. And then we have... I have four gold tokens which were from the first year and then four silver tokens which were from the second year and those i i don't want them out of my sight because they're it's just such a thing of this is real this was real we did this this is something that we can i i like there are certain it was the age before like reliable cell phone photography yeah and everybody had digital cameras that they were recording from myself included and there are some photos that I have that I wish were a little bit more readily accessible. But if I had these, if I had my phone back then, like the ver- the types of phones that we have now back then, I I could imagine this blowing up so much more than it did. Oh yeah, absolutely. For being so based on a technological property, it came before technology could really properly like have its time. And, and we're going to get to how it might still have its time a little bit later in the show. But one of my favorite things, I mean, in Flynn's arcade was it was it was Flynn's. It had all of the classic arcades that you could possibly classic arcade machines that you could possibly want or play. Uh, there was the there was like a rare Super Mario Brothers arcade cabinet, like an original one, not a recreation, which at that time I barely saw anywhere. There were Space Paranoids machines, which didn't exist, like, similarly to the Fixed Felix machines that were created for Wreck-It Ralph, these were also created. It had one of the most unique control, uh, like, I, I can't remember any game having both the uh, stick and the rollerball attachment, but in order to get the prop, like, two pilot the tank in space paranoids that's that's how you did it and 
that would be if there wasn't a line because most of the times there was a line that would be where i spent my time or on the tron machine i would try to play the tron games as much as possible or or anything two player depending on who we had with us yeah because you stuck to what you knew centipede man yeah dude and you got the high score one night i did that was a really exciting moment for me and i i got the i i think the highest i got on tron was like fifth place i got first place on either galaxian or space paranoids and for those of you that don't know space paranoids is the game that uh that Flynn developed and has in his arcade. It's an NCOM game. And part of the stuff that you see on the grid is stuff that he created in space paranoids. So it's like an in universe thing beyond rad. And, and I, I didn't want to make this a comparison between uh, electronic and Mad Tea party, but one of the things that I feel that Mad Tea party lost was they went to more like Chuck E. Cheese gimmicky, like ticket style games that took up more space. So there's a lot less to do and you couldn't, it seemed like it was aimed at a younger crowd. Absolutely. It was. And as a result, I feel like it lost a lot of the, what made that type of a, that environment special. And because if I'm paying X amount of money to go to Disney, I'm not gonna stop at the lame Chuck E. Cheese that they have. I'm gonna I'm gonna go on rides. Yeah. I'm gonna take my kids to rides and meet characters. Well, and the other thing too is for Mad Tea Party, which I thought you didn't want to talk about. I th- I, I just <laughs> I guess I'm just gonna use it as a comparison. Gotcha. Um, they did a lot more live nighttime entertainment variety type things. Um, they had aerialists and and some things they had that dance were crews, more. But it wasn't it wasn't a competition. It was just. I I think the dance crews that had competed in the in the dance competition yeah. for Electronica, they were then contracted. Hey, we're gonna have you guys be a dance party here, a dance team here. But that felt, I guess, a little more adult aimed. Uh, it felt like the outside was more adult aimed and that they had kind of relegated the what had been the Flynn's Arcade, the new arcade area into just like this is where the kids go, uh, which just felt it felt like a strange disconnect to me. It, it's the thing where, oh, we need to make something specifically for kids instead of, hey, let's make something that everybody can enjoy. Right. And I think. The people, more so than the experience itself, could have created an environment that families weren't open to. Like, there, <laughs> when we went with, like, my aunt and my, my mom, they were like, nah, that's fine. We're going to go. And so we we stayed in the Flint's Arcade area, or the, the Electronica area a little bit more. But that showed, okay, well, it's weird because they're playing music. There's music in the mix that they would enjoy as opposed to hearing a live band and you go, Oh, they're limited to X amount of songs that I like to hear. So it, instead of just making some, something unique that naturally appeals to everybody, if they just give it a chance, they just started pandering. (laughs) Maybe, maybe that's what it was. Well, that just seems like a, a summation of what Disney is doing in general with the parks, honestly. So that, that kind of explains that. But um, there weren't any sort of prizes. It was all about who could get the high score. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite things in at Comic-Con, I want to say 2009. It had to have been 2009 because it was before Electronica opened up. Uh, there was a, a Flynn's Arcade experience in downtown San Diego. That's where I met Tony Baxter. Um, <laughs> where you walk in, it's Flynn's Arcade. Awesome, cool. Everybody's playing. It's like a, you, I, I don't know, I think it was like 25 minutes or so where you just play play games. They give you tokens, whatever. Here And they were right, bog standard tokens. They weren't like anything special. Um, and it was just old video games and it was a cool time. And then... Uh, like the electricity would start to short out and 
all of the focus would be put on the Tron machine that was on the back center wall. It said like home of Tron and this and that and boom. And there would be some, like some audio from Tron legacy played of like dad, Sam, or like whatever. It's just like some sort of stuff. And it would be like the, like, like the building, like the drama. And then it was like, and then the Tron arcade machine opened up a wall to where we would go in, there was a big light cycle on display, which is the same light cycle that they had on display in front of the theater where people could take pictures with it. So they had a light cycle with a rider on it, and then they had a whole bunch of uh, concept art. And then at the end of the hallway was, do you want Flynn Lives or Flynn's Arcade? And then they would hand you a shirt, and then that would be it. I did that twice. What a t- oh, I, the Then the fact that Tony was there, and and I had asked him, like, so is this coming to the parks? He's like, yeah, we're thinking about it, essentially, is, <laughs> is what, what he had said. And aside from the wall opening up and going through and seeing concept art, that's what the rest of the show was for. It was essentially the same thing. It was so rad to be able to have an exclusive experience like that at Comic-Con. And then, then Imagineering essentially going... That was cool. Let's do that again. Hmm. And then they did it for two years. Right outside of Flynn's Arcade was the uh, the Tron Evolution Battle Grid like competition. Yes. Where they had Nintendo Wii's uh, with the mini game style Tron game that came out for the Wii, and they had light cycle races. And whoever would win in the night would get some sort of a small prize. I, for, I forget exactly what it was. I did it once, but didn't the, I didn't like how it controlled. And it was a lot of, hey, all right, wait for the next round. Hey, all right, wait for the next round. I was like, I want to go watch Laser Man. No, stay here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it was, it was a way for you to try out the game. There was also a way to play ugh, the, uh, the other... Uh, reg box standard Tron Evolution. You would get like ten minute demo things, um, but it was just a nice little thing. They had projections all over the walls of like the the various landscapes of the grid. You would see light cycle riders flying through. The, like Rinsler would flip over and like throw his discs and then flip out. All of the like idle animation stuff that disney has for their home releases or their promos but these were tron and these were on all of the walls of the the backlot stages it was it was a ridiculously fun environment like we i can't i can't say how fun it was enough what do you have any aside from end of line or if or if this is it that's fine do you have any lasting memories from the show from the from the party I mean, my favorite thing was going to see Laser Man because he controls, he controls the lasers. lasers. Or she controls the lasers. I found that I've found videos of uh, Laser Woman, oh. but they still refer to them as Laser Man. Uh, okay. There were two versions of the show. One that was just sort of a show with music. Like, it's, it's a character surrounded by a laser grid who looks to be manipulating them to the music. And it's one of the coolest ideas that as you, the more you watch it, the more you can figure out, but it's doesn't make it any less cool. It's not like, Oh, they're tricking me. It's just like, Oh, that takes a lot of, a lot of control and a lot of practice to do. So much practice that as a theater performer, watching that and you know, understanding what had to be done. Like that is intense choreography memory for, for it to work. I think it's helped by the fact that they have to do it like four to six times a night. Well, However that many times and, a night they, they do it. And, you know, like sync to music. So like that helps, but yeah, just it, it was incredible to watch. And I mean, Watching a video of it now, it's it's so much more obvious like how it's done. But being there and watching it, I I cannot describe it in any other way than just saying it was real. It it was completely I was real. Say magic. It it was magic. It was real. Uh, it was incredible. 
And I mean, Laser Man always got a crowd. Mm-hmm. Always, always. I, I mean, just all of Electronica had sizable crowds. People had fun. People really enjoyed this. Um, We're talking about it eight years later, ten years later from, from its debut. The Laser Man then had a Laser Man... It was either 1.0 or 2.0 reconfigured to where it was the soundtrack that they used was entirely comprised of Tron tracks. Whereas the first one was more sort of like a general um, electronic music sort of an experience. But highly recommend Laser Man reconfigured as opposed to the original one just because the, the theming is now perfect. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I mean, Tron Legacy's soundtrack just slaps. The fact that it's gotten, it keeps getting remixed because of how good the original tracks are. Daft Punk are geniuses. And if the the rumors are true that there is going to be another Tron movie and they don't want to move forward without them, I I believe that 100%. Yeah, absolutely. No, we need, we need them to do the the show or else it's not people aren't going to feel it this the soul's not going to be as present <laughs> highly recommend the original soundtrack the reconfigured soundtrack and the uh tron uprising soundtrack which was for the cartoon if you haven't seen the cartoon oh my god too good i i've been talking about it on my various tron streams that i've been doing this past week but if you are a tron or not if you're a Batman Beyond fan, if you ever watched Batman Beyond as a kid, watch Tron uh, Uprising because it will remind you a lot. It's a very similar concept. But the characters, the cast, the music, all phenomenal. And I feel that Uprising would have been the way to keep Electronica alive for another couple of years. Because when we... So we saw Tron Legacy at Disneyland for our Valentine's Day date in 3D in an empty theater at the AMC because we picked it was like the latest one it was after we spent a full day in the park yeah. and then we went and we saw the movie unique experience is all hell because it was it was just for us i feel sorry for the staff though cuz imagine if we were like the last movie to get out and they're like it had to be two people I think there were actually two other people in the theater, and you always forget this, but like we were seated, they we were seated very far away from each other. I don't remember them, so I just keep telling people that it was alone. That's I'm fine. fine with that. That's okay. That I don't, I don't want to mess with your memory. I'm just trying to be the realist. I have a terrible memory, anyway. But with the release of the. Blu-ray, DVD, collection, whatever you want to call it, were the or was the trailer for Legacy, which just essentially was a visual splash and naming the cast and then coming soon. And so that, to me, felt like, oh, they're going all in with this cast. Bruce Boxleitner is returning as the voice of Tron. This is going to be something that they're going to be spending a lot of time and care to do which it seemed like was the case at one point and then whoever was in charge wasn't in charge anymore and the new person in charge went what the hell is that get that off of my television yeah Um, because argon city which is the place where tron uprising takes takes place you could then have the screening be something for the show you can watch like some of the snippets from the pilot you don't have to change Laser Man. You don't have to change Flynn's Arcade. You don't have to change the... Uh, eh, maybe you get rid of the, the light cycle races for, for the Wii game. Yeah. And that's fine. You get more space for, for the line for the food truck. But other than that, keep that party going. It was a good time. It's one of those things where they might have ended it just so that they could have ended it on top as opposed to having crowds just start to, you know, the the movie was out in 2010. Two years later, the party was still going strong. And for some reason, they felt an older franchise was the way to go to replace it. That was what perplexed me more than anything else. It's like you, you could have started with Mad Tea Party, um, and now it feels like 
we're backtracking, but hey, sure, whatever you want to do. Um, yeah, it just wasn't the same and uh, just wasn't as cool. Loved Glowfest. Loved Electronica. Couldn't have cared less about Mad Tea Party. And then there was... Frozen's Freeze the Night. Freeze the Night. That's what it was. That's what the name I was looking for. That was fun. It was fun. Um, that was that felt a little more uh, family-oriented, um, but had a lot of the cooler elements of Electronica still kind of there. Um, I, I liked it a lot. It had, you know, the same sort of color palette and stuff like that, which was nice. It had character. It had character. Like, Mad Tea Party had characters, but they didn't have character. And it's hard when you do, like... So, the live-action Alice in Wonderland films aren't necessarily based based on, but have an association with the original animated film that Disney released. And then, the, so so that's one sort of disassociation from people that hear, oh, Mad Tea Party, it's probably, it might be something with the original. Uh, nope, it's this weird, it's the, it's the weird one. And then you have all of the band members and all of the this and all of the that based on characters from that second offshoot. And it's just getting farther and farther and farther. And it, and it, it, it felt way, t- it felt like too much. It felt like it was... It was busy. It was busy. That's a good way to put it. Whereas Electronica was simple. It was white. It was blue. It was black. Simple color palette. Couple of orange, yellow splashed in there for the bad guys. And the music was straightforward. Small footprint. You could still, like, the the stage didn't take up as much space as the, even the, like, the Frozen Freeze the Night or the Mad Tea Party stages did. People didn't know for years that there was a fountain under that. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, there was a fountain. Um, but in terms of use of space and entertainment, I don't think I don't think Electronica can be beat. And I know that that's going to get some flack from... Th- man, it was wild, to me at least, to see how much more fervent... The audience for Mad Tea Party was compared to Tron. Well, that's kind of like Electronica had some groupies, but it it felt more like just in general fans, like really having a good time and coming out repeatedly. Mad Tea Party kind of started um, gangs in a certain way in uh, the parks, which didn't really bode well in the long run. I mean, people were literally dressing in a very particular way uh they would kind of station themselves always at mad tea party and it felt kind of like a little more of an aggressive gatekeeping sort of thing i didn't feel as comfortable i didn't think that like i was in any danger it was just like it didn't feel welcoming in that way Mm. and uh I don't know. That might have also been why Disney just stopped. I know that it was also like, we've done these expansions now. Like, there's more things to do. And the park is more of a a full day experience. So we don't need to have... We need a gimmick. We don't need this gimmick anymore. um, Even if people really like the nighttime parties. But I think that that might quietly be one of the reasons why they ended At the same time... You want to talk about staying over, overstaying its welcome. Four years. Ugh. It had a break in the winter for Freeze the Night. Yeah. And I, and again, Freeze the Night was great. But then it went another two years after that. And that was too much. But one of my, one of the things looking forward that I'm excited about is the Tron Light Cycle run that is coming to the Magic Kingdom. And. The Magic Kingdom and the Florida Parks love their after-hours nighttime parties. Obsessively so. Of course, those are separately charged. They are. And yet, it seems like the stage is set for a return for Electronica. Yes. Because the Tomorrowland area... First of all, Tomorrowland needs a kick in the pants because 
it is the oldest looking future. <laughs> it is it is the worst uh, culprit, I think, of the Tomorrowland problem. Absolutely. It it. I mean, they they didn't start well, and I mean, no Tomorrow no Tomorrowland has ever started well Just with a park opening. Uh, it would be the only thing. Yeah. Even then, Discovery Land was kind of weird, and I mean, it didn't open with Space Mountain. No, but it, I I think it still had a better idea of if we stick to a different theme, a tomorrow that was never supposed to come, or a different type of tomorrow that was supposed to come. Whereas the the thankfully Tomorrowland in California is almost back to like okay. It's oh, it's, it's okay. Yeah, it's already, it's already aging though. But I mean, the that's neither here nor there. We did an episode uh, a couple of years ago, I think, at this point yeah. of fixing Tomorrowland. Go check that out on our feed. But with this, Tron really has an opportunity to reinvigorate what the future looks like. And once Tron goes down, or once Tron finishes it and opens up. I want Space Mountain to go down. And then once that, we can use all of that area that's going to be walled off as a huge Electronica-esque party. You can even call it Electronica again. They have a stage for dancing. They have a stage for Eckert to uh, be, on, be on display. And there's there's some good space that can be used for just a fun dance party that won't, you know, due to certain, like... I don't know where if if or where they would put uh, Flynn's Arcade, maybe the maybe the Space Mountain store. Well, and the funny thing too is that was originally an arcade, so it wouldn't be completely out of the realm of possibility for it to have a couple of arcade games brought back into that area. In fact, I think that that would be kind of a nice nod to the park's history especially since we are coming up on the 50th anniversary of magic kingdom and walt disney world that would kind of be like a a cool little nice nod nod. yeah nice nod to the past yeah while still looking towards the future then what i don't know if you would have some sort of a preview some sort of i i would like i don't know how many people would like it the a sort of a, a tron retrospective like how we got the Star Wars one before hmm. like yes that that kind of overstated its welcome but if we have a couple of months of a of a Tron like hey this is what the franchise is and you get a little bit of the games you get a little bit of the of the film you get a little bit of the footage from uh prop the the prop show prop culture prop, prop culture it's great if you haven't checked it out on Disney Plus you absolutely should Disney Plus Disney Plus Disney Plus um that the show on the whole really fantastic and uh, the tron episode of course doesn't disappoint really cool. at all um and something i'm just remembering to just stepping back one quick second for the store uh they are actually planning on doing a slight update and refurb to it before uh tron light cycle run opens up so that is in the cards so they could very well be doing something along those lines that's not impossible at all well they've got to make sure that they have a place to sell merchandise oh absolutely (laughs) (laughs) that's the most important thing that's the most important thing (laughs) uh so other than like i don't know where you would put like so that could be a place where you put flynn's uh you can put you can serve drinks wherever you bloody want because it's magic kingdom um well so something that not everybody knows is technically when Magic Kingdom first opened, uh, they did not sell alcohol in the parks. Um, that that was something that when Disneyland was opened, Walt specifically said, I don't want liquor being sold in my park. Of course, he made the uh, adjustment for Club 33, but that was for special visitors, etc. Not that he got to really see that, but uh, that was kind of a, a different sort of on the low type of thing. And I mean, Walt still snuck in his own flask of whatever he wanted on... Um, yeah, the boss. He gets to do what he wants. Uh, but, you know, things have loosened up with 
the Beauty and the Beast uh, Be Our Guest restaurant. That was when they first said, okay, well, we need to we need to serve proper wine if this is supposed to be a really upscale sort of dining establishment. And they do serve wine and champagne at uh, Cinderella's Royal Table as well. And they, we had beer at the Jungle Cruise Skipper Canteen. That's right. So now it's not completely out of the realm of possibility. I think... I think there will be a slightly different look if it's coming from like a stand as opposed to a sit down restaurant. So I don't know how they would feel about that. But lunching pad seems like the most uh, likely spot for something to pop up or they're going to pop up their own like little thing in that corner next to Tron. So imagine if you will. While they're doing the construction for uh, Space Mountain, you know, this is theoretically, you know, Space Mountain will probably be open for the anniversary, and then after the anniversary, they'll probably close it to refurbish it. I want it so bad. Well, it it desperately needs it. it. As far as I'm hearing right now from insiders, there's no plans to do that. But this is, I mean, the track needs it pretty So my idea is you completely... (laughs) In the same way that you did it for the Nemo Tunnel, for the People Mover, when it goes in and around uh, the Space Mountain part of the track, is you add Tron visual elements to the, uh, like similarly to as we were talking about earlier, some maybe some sort of projection mapping or something to put you, to make it feel like you're riding through the grid and you're hearing the music from outside or the music is blasting in Space Mountain while they're working so that you can't hear them working. <laughs> <laughs> or something something of to that effect. Uh... Because the more ways that you can get uh, just enraptured in the world i think will bring will bring people in and make people more invested in the franchise because i can i can imagine a lot of people that partied at electronica that may not have even known what tron was and then saw that the sequel was coming out and went sequel like how how much that helped tron reach a new generation i would say almost more so than just the film Absolutely. And it's one of the things that wants me to keep the Tron franchise alive. And, I mean, Eckert lives, damn it. But <laughs> there's there's so much that Electronica has done to keep me positive. Like, there's, some, some, there's so many things that I remembered from that and so many, so many emotional memories that I would love for other people to have. So let's bring it back. Yeah, I think that I I think it would be a great disservice to Disney if they didn't bring it back. This this ride is going to be a big deal. Uh yes, it it's already opened in another park overseas ahead of time, but I mean it looks so cool. It's gorgeous. And I mean, we were at the D23 when they announced that they were opening this up. I cannot tell you how loud of a reaction of excitement was in the crowd when they made that announcement. And that's also being delivered to an Anaheim audience as opposed to an Orlando audience. And people freaking lost their minds. It's like, yeah, we don't have to travel to Shanghai to go. We can go to Florida. (laughs) We go there all the time. We already have the premiere passes. I think it's actually Hong Kong that it's has Hong Kong? it. I, I think it's it Shanghai. Hong- like one of the, you know, there's a lot of. Uh, it, 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 it's hard to remember which is which, especially since we haven't been to either of them yet, though that's definitely the plan. Yeah, Shanghai. Oh, okay. I stand corrected. No, that's fine. <laughs> um, wow, and that opened four years ago. Four years ago. And I know that some people are kind of frustrated with how long Disney is taking to open this new coaster. There is an exclusivity sort of uh, arrangement that's made sometimes with the overseas parks where they will sign a special contract with Disney saying that they want to be the sole park that has it 
for X amount of years. Typically, it's five years. So literally, Tron's going to be opening like at five years time. So June 2021, you heard it here first because that's that's five years. Yep. Well, that makes sense. I mean, at least that's what the intention is. Of course, they got delayed a little bit because of the pandemic I and think having they can to halt. They can. Um, it. I guess it's also a question of how much the rain is going to set them back. That's something that I always wonder about. Well, I mean, the the track is built. Yes. And they're they're making the sort of uh, covering, like the, yeah, I don't know what what else to call it. You mean the um, the indoor show portion? Uh, essentially, but like the. It, it's like the the bird's nest sort of a thing. Oh, the the cover that goes. the canopy. I yeah, believe yeah, is yeah. the word I was looking for. So they're they're constructing the the first part. They're setting up the first parts of that right now, and I think that's pretty straightforward. Yeah. Like once, again, since they've built this already, they already have the instructions. They're not doing R and D on it, so I think it'll be a lot easier to build. Absolutely. So our hope is. With this with with this new ride being built, there is a new focus on Tron centric attractions. Whether that's rides like replacing Tomorrowland Speedway, or replacing the cars at Tomorrowland Speedway with light runners from Tron, and then you have this cool visual mirror of the light cycle run in the background, and then you have the the cars in the foreground, and it's it's all Tronny, and then you have the nighttime party, and then you have this, and then you have that, and it's something that actually looks like the future. Yeah. <laughs> like, how, how about that? Something that actually looks futuristic. Well, and I'm remembering now, too, last year when we went to Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party at the... Uh, Tomorrowland Speedway, they put up those futuristic-looking glowy tree type yeah, things. Yeah, it was like cubes and trees, and and it was all it was all very much like, oh, that's easy to just turn on light blue. And, and I mean, it, it it looked a little weird and out of place in the moment, and they only turned it on for the party too, which was even more like, come on, man, Why? the sets are right there, like let everybody enjoy them. Uh, which is my other feeling in general about the nighttime parties. And I feel that because Tron is so much about the lights and the atmosphere, I really hope that they don't just have everything shut off for the regular day guests and that they extend the park hours so that people can actually enjoy this attraction at night as it's meant to be enjoyed so you you just said it's about light and atmosphere yeah now i'm thinking literally of the atmosphere it's cloudy it's rainy all the time yeah can you imagine the lasers and the light effects that are that can be flying from the ground and get picked up by the clouds and just make this scene this like huge like bigger than bigger than us sort of an experience that the florida atmosphere and the florida clouds can allow for like what how how can you not how can you not be developing that please be developing that It, it would be ridiculous if they weren't. Yes. That's what I'm going to say. And I mean, I don't expect them to be announcing anything like that right now, especially in the current climate and everything. But I really hope that they they truly take this as a major celebration because they should be. And Electronica is perfect for that. And they can expand it. They can do more stuff. And it can... This ride is supposed to revitalize Tomorrowland. It's supposed to help jumpstart that. And what better way than to start with a big celebration and a party? Celebrate. Just just do it. Do it. I'm all about it. Uh, I think that's going to do it for us today <laughs> just because we're going to just keep talking about how awesome this was. If you want a taste of Electronica, uh, make sure to follow on twitch.tv slash markbedonica. And who knows, depending if you're listening to this in the future, uh, depending on how well the music stream went, 
I might do it again. Who knows? But you you gotta support it to find out. If you are an electronic, if you found this and you're an electronica fan and you want one of our Eckert Lives t-shirts, go to tpublic.com slash party of two. You can get it on a mask. You can get it on a pillow. You can get it on a shirt. You can get it on a sweatshirt. There's a variety of things you can get it on. Uh, check it on. It, the, I, I can uh, tell you right now, t-shirt, very soft. Very nice. I can vouch for that. Yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's a second. Uh, also, check out any of our other stuff on there. We've got stuff. Uh, we have the Main Street Electrical Parade Farewell Tour t-shirts. <laughs> that's one of my favorite designs that we have on there. Uh, we've got some good stuff on there. Go check it out. Um, but other than that, uh, you can also follow us on social media. You can find me on Twitter at Dole Whip Drea. And you can find me on Twitter at Mark B. Donica. You can follow the show on Twitter at Party of Two Pod. We record the podcast live on twitch.tv slash Mark B. Donica. I also play games there every now and again. And again, if you're a Tron fan, I just started playing Tron 2.0 and we'll probably keep going back to that because the story is interesting enough, even though it's, I suppose it's not canon anymore. But for now... Uh, thank you, programs, users, for arriving at Electronica. We will see you on the next ride. End of line. Music